and welcome to episode 100 of the Mesa Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch, and with me is always, is always, as always, Joe. How are you? I'm very good. 100 fucking episodes. Well, if you look at it, it's actually oh, a lot more. This, this is episode 100. Yes. Yes. We've got to look at that. It's a, it's a milestone. It is. It's a huge milestone. What? What is a milestone? Is it a stone that designates a mile? Yes, it is. Okay. It was the old road markers in the old days that they would say, you know, you're a mile from mm-hmm. Rome or whatever. And that was the milestone. Okay. And when you passed that milestone, you knew how far away you were. Okay. So, yes. so we know how far we are, we are away from the first podcast. Well, we That's originally 178 started. 178 episodes. <laughs> I think it is 178. I was trying to do my maths. We've done 100 episodes of just the standard show. We've done four years' worth of 12 Days of Christmas, I think. Five, I think. Is it five? Hmm. Maybe my maths is wrong. It's proven on this show that my maths is terrible. <laughs> we've done, I think, 18 episodes of Welcome to My World, even though we've been avoiding doing the Excalibur episode, yes. but it is coming. We're not avoiding it, it's just hasn't happened. No, life's got in the way. But, I, yeah, I think this is officially episode 100, but we have recorded... I think about 170-something. Yeah. Considering we started back in December 2011, it does seem like a very long time ago. podcasting was new. Now it's passe. Yeah. And we're still behind the curve. Yeah. But anyway. We have a Twitch channel. I thought about having a YouTube channel for a little while, but then- No one wants to look at us. No. And it's too hard to edit video. Mm. We can edit coughs and incorrect facts out of audio a lot easier than you can video. And you can't make ugly pretty. What was the line in Queer Eye, that first episode? I can't remember now. Can't fix, can't fix can't ugly? Fix ugly? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Mm. More of that later. Yeah. All right. So, Let's get back into it. We've, sorry, we've had a bit of hiatus because someone's gone and renovated their house. Yeah. So, so we're getting there now. We have a functional bathroom again in the house, which is nice. We have cordoned off half of our house, though, so they can start the renovations on the kitchen and turning the old laundry into a, a new bathroom. So we're cooking kind of camp style in the lounge room with an induction hot plate and an electric fry pan, which if you run them both together, they blow the safety switches. Mm. So we're getting used to what we can cook and how we can cook it, and it's cosy. Yeah, nice. Having your, la- your fridge in your lounge room next to your telly is kind of cool. Handy. Mm. Having the microwave on top of the fridge is great for me because I'm tall, but my wife is rather short, so she has trouble. Uh-huh. But the kids are kind of stressed. We were kind of stressed for a little while, but we've got over the fact and now we're like, yep, short-term pain, long-term gain. House is going to look awesome when it's finished and we just have to put up with it for another couple of months. It did make it annoying because a couple of weeks ago we were going to record and then the next day they cut my power off in my house and I had no internet and no computer to do editing on and it was kind of like, well, it's probably not going to be a good idea to edit. So here we are now, a month after we last recorded, but life goes on and we're back. So gaming. All right. Games. Have you been gaming? I have. Ooh. I haven't been gaming anything super new. Supercard? No, I still play Supercard. I still play Muscle Hustle. I still have play my normal dailies. <laughs> but I have been doing a little bit of Xbox One gaming, Ooh. even though it's an Xbox 360 game that I was playing. Oh. But just after we did do the first bit of the renovations, my wife was working late one night and the kids went to bed and I was like, I haven't gamed for a long time. I feel like gaming. And there was a game that was part of the Games for Gold a couple of months ago now called Marlow Briggs and the Mask of Death. Ooh. And the cover of it kind of looks like one of those old-timey adventure movies. So I thought, yeah, this might be all right. And I think I got probably about an hour and a half in, and I really enjoyed it, but I haven't gone back. Yeah. But it's a third-person action-adventure 
you're running around playing this Marlow Briggs character. You've got, I guess you'd call it a scythe as your main weapon. So you can do you know, multiple melee grapple combos, very similar to your God of War or Dante's Inferno sort of okay. style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find the combat's not bad. I found the puzzles were a little bit annoying because there's one stage where you're in a factory sort of thing and there's conveyor belts coming past and you have to avoid obstacles on the conveyor belt. And I found that a lot harder to jump away from the conveyor belt and not get squashed by these giant container sort of things rather than the combat. I haven't died at all in the combat, but I've died multiple times on these puzzle bits. I will probably go back to it. I just haven't had the time. But for a freebie game, I'm kind of enjoying it. I did actually purchase a game this month, though. Not exactly a new game, though, but Star Wars Battlefront 2 was on sale a couple of weeks ago on Xbox. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I enjoyed the rebooted Star Wars Battlefront. I didn't like the fact that there wasn't much single player to the first one. There was only a few campaigns you could do. This one, there does seem to be a little bit more single player. I've played probably the first two campaigns and then I've done one of the skirmishes where you basically have just a battlefield and you run around as a a rebel or an imperial and kill things but the storyline of it is kind of cool you start off being a imperial I think a deserter from the imperial army or something that's sort of locked in an interrogation room and you control a droid that you have to send off to find the key to bust you out and for a tutorial level for the start i I enjoyed that too so i've probably played i think probably about the same about an hour and a half of that but yeah gaming Mm -hmm. what about you i had a long break actually i didn't play much at all um, but darksiders was there waiting to be finished and i noticed that rage 2 was just around the corner yep and far cry 5 new dawn or whatever's out there waiting for me it's like i really should finish darksiders 3 And I thought, no, I'm going to make the time. So I actually made the time last week and I put a couple of hours into it and I forgot where it was. So I had to get the YouTube out to see where I was and what I was doing because it's not intuitive as to where I've got to go next. So I've sort of, I'm so close now. I reckon i got one more session in me and I'm done if I'm good enough. Okay. According to the YouTube clip, I've got about an hour to go. So there's probably about three and a half hours for me. (laughs) But yeah, I'm nearly there. I just just want to see the end now. I've, I've got to a point where it's like, oh, come on, let's just do it and then i'll get on to those two games but the big news that came out this week yeah so we don't really talk gaming news all that often but this was quite an important announcement for for us yes so on september 13th borderlands 3 now any long time listener knows that we do adore the borderlands except borderlands pre-sequel we didn't really finish that no but this is by the original guys yep i think yes bring it on they released the trailer and it's up for pre-order now. I don't think I need to put the money no, down I... right now. There'll be plenty of copies. But yes, I have to finish those other two games I talked about by September. Hmm. We may struggle. You might. But I'll try. So, yeah, a couple of weeks ago in the lead up to PAX in America, the Borderlands official Facebook page put up a little note saying, you know, March 29th, be watching sort of thing. And we were like, well, I wonder if this means anything. And yes, it did. The trailer dropped. Yes. I'm not sure if they actually announced the official date in the trailer, but then not so long afterwards they did say, yeah, September 13th, which is not that long to wait now, considering we've waited, what, four years since Something Borderlands like 2? Yes. Maybe even longer. Or maybe. Mm. Yes. But yes, very excited for that. Mm. Can't wait. All right, so that's gaming. Gaming TV. I've been watching a little bit of TV. We have... Renovation shows. 
Well, no, I completely don't want to watch renovation shows. Prior to doing renovations, we used to watch Grand Designs, but I think we're happy to have a normal house, not the Kevin McLeod bespoke house, as he likes to call it. Mm-hmm. There's a few little tips in our house that are bespoke, but nowhere near Grand Designs. Anyway, I've been getting into the new season of Queer Eye, season yes. three. So far, I'm only two episodes in. Me too. And I'll as, be three, actually. And as much as I want to admit it, or don't want to admit it, more to the point, I love Anthony, but he is a fucking useless chef and he shouldn't be the food person on the show. In one of the episodes, he didn't even cook. He took them to a fancy restaurant and went, if you want to have a really nice night out, go to a restaurant. Like, what the fuck? Seriously. And then in another episode, it was like, I don't know if you've seen the one with the the dude that's the camp counsellor. Okay. Well, this dude's a camp counsellor and he teaches him how to make this like rolled up pork with seasoning that he's going to feed the whole camp with. And in the end, it looks like they're going to do this massive barbecue, but it just turns out they're making sliders and everyone gets these tiny little sandwiches with like one slice of pork in them. But in that same episode, the dude is saying that he's an outdoorsman and doesn't use deodorant. And Jonathan gives him this haircut and talks about how he should wear sunscreen every day, but doesn't even mention that you should wear deodorant and shower every day. I would have thought that's the given in the episode. But anyway, it's more of the same from the previous Queer Eyes. Yeah. I don't think so far it has hit home quite as hard as any of the other episodes have. Mm -hmm. I'm just finding I'm a little bit annoyed with the contestants. Contestants? Contestants? What do you call them? Straight guys. (laughs) Well, actually, the first episode's a woman. That's true. Hmm. And then Jonathan walked better in heels than the woman that they made over did. Uh, I I was watching in a different order to you then, because I've I've seen three. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm back into it. And I don't, it's sort of that fluff. If I have something to watch before going to bed, I need just a wind down show. I'll just throw it up. Like, I'm not really paying attention. It's trying too hard. They still try too hard. Last season, I think they tried way too hard. First season was really good. Yep. Last season was all about that moment. Like, they all wanted to have that moment with the, you know, the person they were yep. the subject. <laughs> you know, trying to get deep and have a deep and meaningful bit. It's like, just, just get over it. Some people don't need that. They just want to move on. And just get, you know, a new wardrobe. That's fine. I thought it was quite strange though in that first episode that it is a woman that they're doing a makeover for, but she's very much a tomboy type woman and she's wearing like camo gear most of the time and going out hunting with her husband. And yet Tan still managed to put her in skinny jeans and a check shirt. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah. it, it's still fun. I'm still loving it. It is absolutely mindless television though. You can just chuck it on. Yes. And yeah, it, it's good. But the, yeah, they seem to do less than the original show did. Bobby doesn't though. People slag on Bobby, the interior design guy, I'm, but I'm, I'm he just, works his ass I'm off. I'm warming to Bobby. Yeah. I don't know if it was the church episode last year. I think it's because he's got a beard now. Maybe. Hmm. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm warming to him. He's not trying his heart. No. He doesn't seem to try his heart. But Karamo now, oh, it's just because they did the big surprise. And that's what I didn't like in the first season when the whole, you know, we're going to make you over and they did the big surprise sort of thing. Now it's getting more elaborate with their surprises. Well, but People know who they are now. Which is well, but they didn't in the first season. Yeah, exactly. People were getting excited for them turning up when no one knows who you are. This is the first season. You're yep. not anybody. But anyway, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, 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 so. So that's that. You're watching anything else? Well, sticking with Netflix, I finished the documentary series Murder Mountain. Is it about dope? Yeah. It's about an area in, I think it's Northern California, up in the mountains, where originally it was where the hippies used to live in the 60s and they all had illegal marijuana farms. And it's kind of two stories in one. It's about the 
organized crime that runs the marijuana um, growth area, but it's also about how legalizing marijuana has kind of changed the oh, the outlook of the people that are doing it. Because with all the legislation now, because it's legal, they have to pay for licenses, they have to do checks, they have to do you know ta- taxes exactly. So all these people that were making quite a good living off illegal marijuana are now really struggling because it's costing them so much to produce legal weed. But that, yeah, that's part of the story. And another part of the story is a young kid that went there to try and, you know, make his millions selling marijuana or working on a farm and he got killed. And as it turns out, this county in California is like the murder capital of California. Mm-hmm. And there's so many missing person cases and all this sort of stuff. And the cops come in with their machine guns loaded and the organized crime people have equally amount of guns and there's a bit of a standoff between the police and the illegal. Probably is Santa Carla, but this is just, yeah, this is just up in the hills in California. Lost Boys reference. Yeah, of course it is. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's kind of cool. It's, I think it was a six episode miniseries, kind of confronting in a couple of episodes because you just look at it and think, my God, how do these people survive living like this? There's one dude that is an absolute fucking legend though, because he's going completely legal. He goes from being one of the biggest farms selling illegal weed, getting his license, and he goes to the courthouse to fill in his paperwork. And once he gets legalized, he's like, I might just have a, a quick celebration bong in the car before I go home. And he rips the massivest fucking bong you've ever seen. I'm swearing a lot today, sorry. But he just rips this massive bong and then he just drives home casually back to his farm in the mountains. And it's like, how can he even do that? But anyway. Yes, I, I recommend it. It is quite an eye-opening program, quite well-made, typical Netflix, but yeah. yeah. A couple of other things I've been watching other than Netflix, which makes a change. I've been watching an English program called Cleaning Up that's on 7 Plus because we were watching something else on the 7 Plus app and the ad came up and we are like, yeah, that kind of looks all right. So that is your typical English six-episode season because English actors just don't work. And it revolves around a single mother played by Sheridan Smith, who's been in quite a few English programs. And she is a cleaner working in a building that is like stockbrokers. And she gets kind of tied up in insider trading. She finds out some stuff that she might be interested in. And she's a bit of a gambling addict. And she decides that instead of gambling on casinos, she will gamble on the stock market. So I'm five episodes in. By the time this episode drops, the final episode would have aired because it airs this Friday night. So I will be interested to see how it finishes because it looks like she's getting her life back together. And then it kind of goes to shit near the end of the episode. And it's like, well, is she going to win? Is she going to lose? Breaking badish. A little bit, yeah. But it's well acted, well put together. Has that very English sensibility. And I'm, sense. Yeah, and mm. sense. Yes, yeah. I'm. I'm enjoying that a lot. Mm. And one other thing I probably should mention, we've mentioned many times on this show that we are wrestling fans. Yeah. And we have also mentioned that we are fans of John Oliver and Last Week Tonight. Yes. So it would be amiss of me to not mention the fact that he did a bit of a take on the WWE mm. on this week, leading into WrestleMania. Yeah. But I thought this week's episode of Last Week Tonight where he delved into the fact that WWE are not independent contractors and Vince is kind of screwing over the talent, I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, it's on YouTube, I think. It's not hard to find if you want to be no. looking for it, if you're a wrestling fan or just a, a lapsed wrestling fan. It just really has a go at Vince McMahon and his business practices. Mm. For a billion-dollar company or a billionaire, there's a reason he's worth that much. Exactly. Not from paying his... Employees who aren't his employees. Uh, any sort of medical. Hmm. Hmm. 
I, one thing I did kind of think was weird in that, the fact that all of the clips that he showed were quite old. He was very much living off the 90s nostalgia or early 2000s nostalgia, and they had a lot of clips from the Attitude Era. Mm. And wrestling has probably changed a little bit since then. Well, you talking about the bra and panties yeah. and all that sort of that, That's definitely gone. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's forgotten. Hmm. And we were talking off air before that it was like weird that he would do this, but I think it is really just a tie-in because the fact that WrestleMania is this coming weekend. And normally I would be pumped for WrestleMania, but I don't know. I've just had so much other stuff on this year and the product itself hasn't been that great Mm. that I really don't care. Like normally WrestleMania is a big thing for me and it's like, yep, all the indie shows that are on WrestleMania weekend, all the Hall of Fame, the NXT pay-per-view, but I really just haven't cared this year. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm going to miss Rap Mania for the first time in years this time around, but I don't kind of care. Hmm. It's sort of like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, because normally you get to have the day off work and you make a big deal of it. But, yeah. yeah, it's just like a new job, so it's like trying to get that day off work for a stupid wrestling show. It's just a bit weird, so I'm not, hmm. not going to push it first time out. But I'm not really fussed that I'm going to miss it. No. Like, it'll be fun to catch up with the guys, but apart from that, no, the show itself does not appeal. I couldn't tell you what's going on as far as storyline-wise. I'm no. sort of, I listen to a podcast and that's how I keep abreast of the situation. But yeah, it just doesn't really appeal at the moment. It is kind of cool that the headline match is a women's match this year. Mm-hmm. So they are doing something right. But I don't know if they've dealt with that storyline very well in the lead up to WrestleMania. They've turned it into a three-way for no particular reason other than Charlotte yes. Flair needs no to be in the main event. About Brock Lesnar anymore. I don't, think, title. I don't think anyone cares for Ronda Rousey anymore and she's only been there a year. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember WrestleMania last year when it was her first match and it was like, you know, everyone really were pumped to see what Ronda Rousey could do. But since then, she's just kind of shot her mouth off a little bit and made an ass of herself. Yeah, turn a heel. Make yeah. her a massive heel. But that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. She kind of is a heel, isn't she? Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway. Enough about wrestling. What about your TV, Mitch? What well, have you been watching? the only one I can think is Doom Patrol, which I think I spoke about last time we talked. It's gone a little bit further on. It's improved a little bit. It's definitely different. So, yeah, Doom Patrol, still good. Well, that's cool. And I've been watching a little bit of Shazam, a bit more of Shazam that we talked the about. 70s one? Yeah, mm. in preparation for the movies. Speaking of movies... Well, should we jump in? Let's do it. Okay. Well, you've been to the cinema multiple times. Yeah. Last night, in fact, this time, last night, at time of recording, I was at IMAX, the big fuck-off screen in Carlton, watching Shazam. And was it good? Yes, it was. I really enjoyed it. I was sceptical. Yep. I I do like my Shazam. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they fucked up Superman on me. They fucked up Justice League on me. Can they get this one right? And then it's like, oh, but they're... It's, it's a hard thing to get right as well. I like moments of Shazam history. Like, I can go through and point to moments in comics that is really cool. Yeah. Not the whole lot. It's not like Batman where it's like, oh, he's got the cool car and the cool this and the cool that. It's just like, I just like him. But realistically, the movie to make, I don't know. The movie I want to see is not a movie that is going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. And, the you know, the elevator pitch to say it's big with superpowers is not the movie I want no. But that's the movie you're going to make money with. So that's the movie they're going to make. And looking at the trailer, I'm like, yeah, and I heard enough positive from people. Because I know what I'm in for when I watch Shazam. So looking at this trailer going, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. But people who don't know, they were looking at it going, oh, that, that looks like fun. I'll see that. Like, that's good. 
Yeah, for me, that's great because that means there's more Shazam movies. If people go see it and they like it, there's more. That's fine. Not good for my wallet because that means there'll be more toys. But <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm willing to go with what they do. If this becomes a new Superman in the sense that I grew up with this Christopher Reeve Superman because I saw it at the right age. So he became important. How many people are Batman fans because they were at the right age when Michael Keaton came out or Christian Bale or whatever? Adam West. Exactly. Adam West, my Batman. But so it's like if there's going to be a generation that are just going to go, yeah, Shazam's a cool motherfucker. It's like, cool, as long as they do the right job and make him a cool motherfucker. Hmm. And they kind of did. Is it aimed at that sort of teenage market? Definitely teen because I was looking at it and my son knows who Shazam is because there's stuff around and I say it and every time the ad comes on, I just yell Shazam randomly and he's doing it now. Yeah. It's like, do you want to see it? And he goes, yeah. Because the trailer looks kind of funny. He's flossing, yeah, exactly. he's mucking around with his mate and all that sort of stuff. He ain't seen it. No. Not for a little while. Okay. There's some scary moments in there. Well, he's really only, what, five, your son? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like at that Harry Potter level of, oh, okay. of you know, hmm. kind of scary. Yeah, because the director of it did Annabelle, the creation, and another horror film. So, you know, it's a horror movie director. Hmm. I was like, it was an interesting choice. But no, it's funny. The soundtrack's great. And special effects are really cool. And it got the heroic moments. Now, I think I talked about the last episode, maybe, where there was a ju- where bits where he jumps off the building. Yeah, we building talked about says, the trailer. Yeah. Yep. He jumps off the building, yells his M flies. It's like, that sold me on it. I was sort of like, is it going to be just big with a cape? And it was more than that. Well, that's good. And... I'll see it again. And I want more. And we'll do, when you see it, if you get around to seeing it, we'll talk about it then because it'll be, we can spoiler it. Spoilery. Well, it is new. Well, it's a day old. Yes. So, yes, bring it on. It was good. I enjoyed it. Well, the other big movie, superhero-wise, you've seen as well. Oh, the other Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because this is a real Captain Marvel. Hmm. I don't want to sound like a misogynist asshole, but no, he is the real Captain Marvel. He's my Captain Marvel, but... He's got to be called Shazam for legal reasons. Yes. But the Marvel Captain Marvel, I saw that too. And was that I good? I saw that IMAX as well, actually. I'm hearing a lot of good reviews for it, even from people that aren't comic sort of movie fans. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's it's Marvel. It's, it's safe in that way that they do their job. They set her up. She's kick-ass. It's fun. It's funny. Samuel Jackson's great. It's good. And the de-aging of Samuel Jackson's getting a lot of really props good. as well. Oh, wow. Yes, it's amazing that. But it's it's... It's a fun romp. Okay. And a lot of people are saying, because it's, you know, it's a chick. It's a chick flick or whatever. It's not like it is, definitely. It's, it's She's just a very empowered woman in it. There's no hitting you over the head that she is a woman. Yeah. It's just everything is done by a woman. Okay. That's the only thing to say. Yeah, it's a chick flick because she is, but there is nothing defining her to say, I am a woman, hear me raw, or anything like that, and there's nothing to stop her being it because she's a woman. There's only sort of really one comment because she's a, a pilot for the Air Force, and they make a comment there saying, oh, we weren't allowed to see duty, you know, active duty at the, at the time when it was set. Yeah. You know, they were, they were pilots in the Air Force, but they weren't allowed to, like, engage to in combat or whatever. Hmm. So it was like, that was about it. Okay. So they didn't hit you over the head with it. It just was. Well, that's good. And especially, and I, I get it now, I was a very close-off, privileged white man watching all my white movie stars and action stars being represented in all those movies for all my life. Yeah. That this, I understand that this is important, that, you know, my daughter will grow up with this movie and it's okay. Yeah. She can be a fighter pilot. She can be a superhero. And it's not you're allowed to. It's not like, yes, I am a woman, here I am, you have permission to. It just is. 
Yeah. And, and that's a better way about it, I think, where you just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like her because she's kick-ass. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, because I read one report, I uh, read one article, and it was um, a guy was walking past the shop. And there was a Captain Marvel poster out the front, and his daughter goes, who's that? Like, oh, that's Captain Marvel. It's like, she's a, what is she? Oh, she's a superhero. There's female superheroes. And it was a fair question. And it opened his eyes. So what the, oh, hmm. not thinking about it. I was like, oh, okay. So he did that and he went home and they looked up other ones. And it's like, that's cool. And then there was something about sport. And it was like, oh, you can be a female sports star as well. And you just realize you don't think how underrepresented in a lot of things. Yeah. So it's like, good on you, Taylor Harris. Good on you, Captain Marvel. Exactly. As a do- having a daughter now makes a lot more hmm. impact on us all. But, yes, I'm only 20 years late to the party. Exactly. But anyway, but yes, I thought those two films. What about you? Well, we both saw something not together, but we have both watched it on Netflix, and you probably couldn't get more opposed to Captain Marvel about empowering women mm. to the Motley Crue biopic The Dirt that's currently showing on Netflix. It just comes across that Motley Crue were... Arseholes. For, obviously, I was going to say douchebags, but... No, nah, Wolves of Wall Street's douchebags. Yeah, but they were just four entitled white kids that played rock and roll and just happened to kind of fall into being popular. It's interesting because I'm not sure if Motley Crue were ever as big here in Australia as they were in America. I think they only had that one Dr. Feelgood album that was big here in Australia. So there was a lot of the movie that if you didn't know any of the history of Motley Crue probably wouldn't have meant anything. I enjoyed it, but it really did sit there and just go, well, it, they're not special. This is not Bohemian Rhapsody. You're not looking at it going, my God, they're musical geniuses. You were just watching it thinking, how are they not dead? How are they not dead? Why are they just absolute shitheads? And why are they getting away with it? Mm. The acting in it was really good. I thought the the kid that played Tommy Lee was was really good as Tommy Lee. I really liked, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but the guy that plays Ramsay Bolton in Game of Thrones was playing Mick Mars. And he, I think he did it quite well. I found the guy that was playing Vince Neil was a little bit too Garth from Wayne's World. And the fact that they do break the fourth wall quite regularly in the, in the movie and they talk to camera and sort of go, well, this didn't really happen or this happened. And it was like, I was half expecting one of them to turn around and go, well, I've got a, you know, a wonderful collection of hairnets and name tags like Wayne did in, in Wayne's World. But I enjoyed it, but I don't feel that my life's any better because I watched it. No, I, I didn't think the acting was that good, but I'm, I don't know what they were like to compare to, but it, it felt... Like a TV movie. Oh, with it, obviously. Yeah. Like it, it felt cheap, but yep. there was a decent cast, like acting, like the cast they got, there were yeah. some names in there. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it, it sort of felt cheap, but it wasn't. And yeah. I, I mean, of, I, I was fascinating to watch. It was a yeah. train wreck to watch. Oh, and I definitely. was entertained. But yeah, it's like, what the? I kind of feel that it fell into the typical trap, though, that it was. It's based on a book that they wrote, all four of the band members. I think they were executive producers on it as well. So it didn't paint them in a good light, but it probably still kind of sugar-coated it a little bit. Maybe. There was one scene in it that I really loved, and just purely for the filmmaking side of things, was when they showed how Tommy Lee kind of spends his like concert days where he gets to the show, does his drugs, gets drunk, and they kind of filmed it from 
looking at his perspective in a way. It wasn't mm. quite as bad as the, say, the Prodigy Smack My Bitch Up video, but it was the wobbly camera following him around while he was drunk and high on cocaine. And I just thought that scene was really well done. I think the content of that scene was probably a little bit over the top, but I just liked the filmmaking of it. I'm not sure how much of it is true. Like that whole scene with Ozzy Osbourne at the pool, I'm not sure if that actually happened. I, I haven't actually looked into it to see whether it did. Yeah. yeah. But it's a bit I'd full on. It probably did. It pro- yeah, it probably did, knowing Ozzy. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was fun. Yeah, I can't recommend it because it's definitely for your taste. Well, if you last the first five minutes, you can sort of stomach the rest. But if the first five minutes sort of puts you off, don't keep going. No. I definitely don't watch it when you get your kids in the room. <laughs> no. No. Well, that first five minutes will yeah. sort that out anyway. But other than that, I haven't really watched anything new. I've been watching a lot of old movies, mm-hmm. just re-watching some stuff that I've already watched and going back and watching some stuff that I've never seen before. But re-watching, I went back and watched The Full Monty again mm-hmm. because I don't even know how it came up. My wife and I were talking about something and it's like, well, that movie's pretty good, but it's no Full Monty. So we ended up watching The Full Monty. And despite the fact that that is however many years old now, 20, 20 something years old it still holds up the jokes are still good the premise is still pretty good and the music in that's great well i watched pride not long ago it was on telly that's, that's a great movie as well mm. Mm. around the same time yeah i think same so sort of thing. Mm. Maybe but yeah again. full monty's great i also went back and watched a couple of movies i'd never seen before and we watched my wife and i watched rounders which molested kids from the uh, no i think no? that's what i thought it was but that's sleepers ah okay and rounders is actually matt damon and edward norton and their poker players okay and it's in that sort of just before just before texas holdem poker kind of broke that magical barrier where everyone was suddenly into poker and they were showing World Series of Poker on TV and all that Mm. sort of stuff. It's just before that and it revolves around Matt Damon being a poker player that took his risk a little bit too far and blew all his money and lost his tuition to college and stuff. And as a result, he promised his girlfriend or wife-to-be that he would never play poker again. Edward Norton gets out of prison and convinces him that they should go back onto the poker scene and try and fleece John Malkovich, who plays a Russian character with a very bad Russian accent, out of their money. Does he know when to hold him? He does. Does he know when to fold him? Yeah. Uh-huh. He knew when, when to, to walk away, walk away and, oh, okay. and he knew when to run as well. Okay. It's very 90s, even though it's, I think, early 2000s. In the process of watching that, my wife and I were talking about how it reminded us of another movie, And I said, it reminded me of Sneakers, which I hadn't actually seen. I was thinking of the Vince Vaughn movie, which I think is Grifter. Mm. And as a result, we actually then watched Sneakers, which was a 1992 film about... Hacking? Yeah, hacking and... Yeah. Yeah. So we watched that. And that actually still holds up pretty good too. So... Sneakers is a 1992 film with a massive cast. It's Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley as the bad guy, and River Phoenix. And it's, yeah, hacking. And very much the same story as Mr. Robot. They're basically hacking into a bank to try and, like, wipe off everyone's debt and stuff. But it's a slow burn. It's a two-hour movie, but it still holds up. Even though I'd never seen it before, I I would recommend that. Other than that, I guess that's probably my movie watching. Okay. Well, I've seen one more. Okay. I've been talking about, I really should watch that. I really should watch that. I finally watched John Wick. Okay. And it's as good as everyone said. Okay. It just, it's efficient filmmaking. I've wanted to watch it for a very long time, but I've never got around to it. I'm only just because John Wick 3 is coming out soon. Yeah. And all the memes are popping up. And it's just like, all right, I'll get around to this. I was like, okay, let's watch it. 
so I watched one. I watched two soon. It's on Netflix, so I'll get to it eventually. But yeah, it was it was fine. Like it was very well competent, good, efficient. Okay. Keanu kicks ass. Well, because his dog gets killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you actually see it? Enough. Uh, see, that kind of puts me off. Mm. I mean, it could be problematic. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like it's the impetus. It's like fridging the wife or girlfriend or mother. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, oh, that's the impetus to make someone go into action. You know, it's sort of like it's <laughs> it's in lieu of. It works. Be prepared. No, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's a bad enough. It's a very cute fucking dog. <laughs> and they deserve what's coming. Fuck those guys. Of course you want him to fucking mess them up. Okay. They killed a fucking dog. Yeah. Get them. It works it's yeah, it's fridging, but still, mm, okay. you you champion Keanu for doing what he did because fuck yes, good on him. Alrighty. One thing: have you been up to anything else have you, besides you know your house? Obviously, you've been going out, done anything live? No, but I do have tickets coming up for Muriel's wedding, oh. the musical. So probably on our next episode, I will be able to discuss that. And we got tickets to see last podcast on the left. We did, yes, yes, which is our favourite podcast. We've talked about it a lot. One of our favourites. And they are touring Australia. So we have got tickets to go to the plenary to watch them. In June. I think it is June 28th. Something like that. And in preparation to that, we actually did watch their live show that they've got for sale for $6.66 American. Yes, off their website. And it was okay. It's I prefer their website, I think. Um, their website. I, pre- I prefer their podcast. It is quite different to the podcast. Mm. And just looking at them... To see what they actually look like was a bit different to mm, what I was expected. Yeah. Obviously, we knew what Henry looked like because we watched his episode of Characters that was on Netflix a few years ago. Yep. And Ben Kissel is huge and kind of looks like you'd expect him to. Marcus Parks kind of looked like grunge version of Chris Hardwick. <laughs> yes. With his flanny. So we got our tickets for that. Yes. But I, I actually went to a trivia night. Oh, did you? I did. I used to go to trivia quite a bit. You used to join me. We did. There was just a Marvel Comics trivia or Marvel trivia. I was like, ah, oh. so I put it to my comic friends that I haven't seen for a while. I just said, this is going on. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll go. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. So we did. I got there late. I walked upstairs. It was a Friday night. So I walked up the stairs, and there it was, a team of four, a team of five, my two mates, and a one team of one girl dressed as Captain Marvel with a fake cat. That was it. It wasn't a big night. <laughs> Not very well advertised. Oh, well, I saw it on Facebook, so it was advertised to me. But yeah, it wasn't huge. I thought it was going to be a big one for some reason. But anyway, so I got there. First round was done. Didn't need my help. We were already in front by a lot. <laughs> it's like, so I was like, fair enough. We, we, we survived that. Yeah, Captain Marvel on her own. She had the costume. Didn't have the knowledge. That's all I can say. So went through one quite comfortably in the end. You really didn't have a hope. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so... so we had a fifty dollar drink card to get through. Okay. At the end, so I got I I was driving and I'd already had two pints by this point, so I was done for drinking. So I was like, well, I wasted my money then and bought my Palmer already as well. So Scott was drinking quite a bit because he was fine. Chris didn't want to drink that much, so I went for a banana waffle. So, <laughs> Not you know, a euphemism. No. Could have been, but no. So anyway, that was fine. So we're just sitting out there, we're chatting, we haven't caught up in ages. It was great. And Scott actually drunkenly went over and talked to one of the other teams because they were still hanging around and just chatting away. And there was a lot of questions about the movies, but there were Marvel questions about the comics as well because we thought it probably just movie stuff, so we won't be as knowledgeable to it, but we, we did okay. And he sort of came back after the, talking to these people and, yeah, they were 23. <laughs> <laughs> they were 13 when the original Iron Man came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, okay. They really didn't have a hope. Yeah. And he looked over and he was telling them, he goes, look, don't feel bad that you're lost. 
see, I've got, and he pointed to himself, he said something like, I've got 11,000 comics. He pointed to Chris, he goes, at his height, he had over 17,000 comics. He didn't even mention mine, because I only have about 4,500. It wasn't even worth mentioning no. in that comparison. That's how bad it was. But yeah, these people didn't have a home. That's a shame. Where was it held? Um, yep. Solomon Gate Hotel in South Melbourne or something. Okay. Yeah, so. That was a fun night out. It was a good catch up, and I got a, a free banana waffle. There you go. But yes, it was good to, to the superiority that my comic knowledge came in. I think we all would have won on your, our own. Your comic knowledge or no, Scott's no, comic no, knowledge? No, no, we all participated. I think if we actually went on our own teams on our own, we would have come first, second, third. <laughs> and just who would have came? It would have been quite interesting. No tickets on yourself or anything? Right? No. Mm-hmm. No. All, all right. right. I mean, we, we got a lot of comics. Well... We proved when we were doing our A to Zs that Scott has a very good knowledge of comics when he did his guest starring on our Quasar episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, understandable. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well we're back. We're back. It's been a, a short episode, considering this is our episode 100. It could have been lots of fanfare, but no, it wasn't. No. A little bit shorter than normal as well. But before we go, I will just quickly throw a mention out to Dodzy. He mentioned on our Facebook the other day that he thought we should do more music episodes. And I just want to mention that we were looking up music to put a hundred themed song on the end of this episode. And we just spent, what, 20 minutes watching pirate metal on YouTube. Yeah. Mm. So that, that explains why we don't talk music more, because we have eclectic tastes. Yeah. And as I said on Facebook, I'm kind of stuck in my tastes of what I like. And Mitch has no musical taste whatsoever. <laughs> That's a lie. But we did find something that we both agreed on I that like we're going to finish. Rock. <laughs> you do. You don't even gimmick rock. You just, just gimmick. like gimmick music. <laughs> yes. But we did find something appropriate with 100 in the title to finish up the episode. And not 100 miles. No. 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 Not appropriate. But anyway, thank you for anyone that's stuck with us since episode one. Have we got any hundreds out there? We'll call you hundreds. Hundreds. Maybe. I, I'm sure we've got... Us. Simon or Joel or someone that's listened to every episode we've put out. Dodsey probably has too, when you think about it. But thank you for anyone that's ever listened. Thank you to our new listeners that have come aboard now. And if you have any feedback for us, you can jump on our Facebook page. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on Twitter as the MA Podcast, or you can find our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. And until next time, when we come back for episode 101, or we finally watch Excalibur. Thank you again, Mitch. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Russian? I don't think she's in that much of a hurry. 